Welcome to your Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Textual healing. You guys know Billy D. Williams? Uh, yes. Love this. I love. A... My dad loves Billy D. Williams. He does. I don't get. I don't. I, I only know him from Star Wars. Yeah, that's okay. And that's what my dad knows and really? loves him from. And he yeah. was that cool for. It was one film. right? He was a heartthrob in his day. <laughs> oh, because he there was. was a, there was a football movie too. He's good that looking. He was big in. I just he's a good looking guy. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. a good looking guy. Also, your dad. Let's go on record by saying Brent's dad loves Billy D. Williams and Keenan Ivory <laughs> Wayans. Keenan Ivory, wow. Ivory Wayans. He has a type. Enya really and does. Selena. He does. He really and does. who? Enya and Selena. He yeah. loves Enya and Selena? Yeah, he Selena. thinks literally he's like, he, the beedy, only beedy, albums bum, bum. Beedy, beedy, he used to have in his car when he when he went to work were Selena albums. That's so oh my funny. God. Does he, he speak like Spanish? All of them? No. She didn't either. Oh. Yeah. She didn't what? She didn't speak Spanish, really. Mm. Or at least it was bad Spanish. It's mm. so funny. I hear Michael talk about that he and his sisters made. They love Selena. Yeah. Mm. Let me just say that for yes. everyone listening. They love Selena, but that she had a really bad, she didn't speak great Spanish. Yeah. All That's right, let's, cute. But let's, do, let's, do, let's do Billy D. Well, yeah, to Billy move on D. from Selena to Billy D. Williams. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Billy D. Williams, I love this, this weird yeah. sort of like story that came out, came out of nowhere. So Billy D. Williams is in Star Wars, and he did an the interview. The new Star Wars. The, the new, new Star Wars. New, yeah. Did an interview where he said, um, in, in the middle of the interview, he said, I see my, uh, he says, you see, I see himself and herself because I also see myself as feminine and as well as masculine. Now he's 82. He said that in Esquire magazine, he said, I'm a soft, I'm a very soft person. I'm not afraid to show that side of myself. I think of myself as a relatively colorful character who doesn't take himself or herself too seriously. <laughs> oh, brother. So what happened because of the times that we live in, yeah. people were like there was he's people were celebrating fluid. him as being this gender fluid icon. Oh, he never yeah. actually said he's gender fluid. No, no. he never did. See, oh, he, to wow. me, when I first heard this quote, before he came out and spoke and said what he said, which we'll say, he says, what the hell is gender fluid? That's a whole new term. This was later. That's obviously. later. That's later. Yeah. But before he says, I always wanted to clarify that because yeah, he gets, there yeah. wasn't what he, what he meant. But when I first read the quote, when it became this big story online, I literally thought, this is a rich dude who's had like so much pussy in his life <laughs> that literally he is all like chakra namaste. Like he's like, I might be male today, I might be female, but it's all about like his core, like sort of some like weird rock. arrogant, yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. some Shirley yeah. MacLaine shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Some like weird mystical stuff. Like he's not actually talking about gender; he's talking about mindset and. He's just very namaste. That was my that was my take too. That I don't know if it's I wouldn't necessarily say it's arrogance. I just think it's like I don't think it's he's, arrogant he's at all. He's just like an actor who's like I, I get in touch with this side. I get in touch with that that yeah, side. Right, of course. But right. the human rights campaign <laughs> tweeted immediately at him. Tweeted congratulations for coming out oh, and living your truth as gender fluid. That is living, so. Funny. I like how they treated. Billy D. Williams. <laughs> Billy D. That is the best deep cut. Thank you for living your truth. It's like Billy D. Williams has been living his truth for 82 years. For 82 years by being the boss since like the early 1970s. I mean, your the father. The boss, you just made fun of him for only being in like one well, movie. But apparently he's bigger than I know because your father has a boner for him. <laughs> so like, he well, like, I didn't technically he's say he's boner. He, but he's very yeah, big. He's, he's iconic. Like, he's, a, he's really popular yeah. amongst many different types of communities. So like, <laughs> Which is surprising to me. I only know him from Star Wars, but apparently he's much bigger than that. There was a meme that was like, "Prepare for your like, prepare for your auntie to be very confused." <laughs> what other sure. movies has he been in? There's there's another big one other than Star Wars. Hmm. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah see, um, that's that's why I was. But like, I mean, Billy... also like, what is Mark Hamill been? And I don't remember. Yeah, Just right. Star Wars. Yeah. Right. Oh, he's a big voice actor, actually. Mm. Yeah. Well, and, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I I sometimes yeah. feel bad under these circumstances, though, because. Someone, I, I actually thought he'd said he was gender fluid without mm -mm. knowing what that meant. No. And now that I realize he didn't even say that, it's really kind of pathetic yeah. uh, how how the media and how human rights campaign no. ran with something that he didn't even say. I think that's pathetic. Well, I mean, I give, I, even though I don't think the human rights campaign should have came out and been like, congratulations on coming out. I don't think they should have done that. Right. But I will say it is confusing 
but he's he's an 82 year old actor. Of course, he's gonna say some crazy shit. Well, he did, and he says yeah. himself or herself. And in this day and age, if somebody is saying they don't identify with a male or female stereotypes, gender roles, et cetera, sure. et cetera. I give it is easy to confuse that with someone who doesn't is yeah. maybe is not gender binary. They, they probably have a Google alert for him surf, himself herself <laughs> in, yeah. in an article, and the once they get it, they like they like mass produce all these tweets. And it's shit, so fu- <laughs> I mean, I just think it's all very funny. <laughs> it it's reminded- a very it's very evident of the times we live in that the <clears throat> moment someone like an 82 year old Billy D Williams says, yeah. "I say himself, I say herself," people are like, "God bless," you know, like like oh, they it's he's a icon. It reminded he's a, me he's a of bisexual. He's a, Fluid icon, and he, and then literally days later, he goes, "What the hell is gender fluid?" <laughs> it reminded me of the scene in um, the Office where Creed is the episode where I know what Oscar comes say. out, and um, Creed was like, I, "I had a lot of sex in the '60s and '70s. <laughs> Who knows? I, there's there's very well a penis could have popped in there somewhere." And like, sure. he's just very sort of like, "That's a horror." I totally butchered that quote, but he he's very casual about the idea yeah. that like, listen, I grew, I lived through the '60s. A dick might have popped in my booty at some point. Like yeah. he's just very chill about it. Which, <laughs> Reed to, saying which booty. Billy D. Williams to me is like that. Billy yeah. D. Williams lived through the sixties and seventies and was really, really, really rich. Well, not necessarily because he did say he clarified in another interview that he identifies as a man. He's not gay by quote any stretch of the imagination. Not that I have anything against gay people, but personally, not gay. <laughs> he said I wasn't. I wasn't talking about sex. I wasn't talking about being gay or straight. I can just see him he, like pointing at his face. I know. His I know. Face, like not gay. He yeah. said he was actually referring to something about he. He literally referred <laughs> the interviewer in another interview that he did for something called the Undefeated. He was like, you should look at um, Carl Carl Jung yeah. and his theories about something called men and women having anima and animus. Yeah. So oh, well. yeah. No, but you know. Hold you know he had an orgy in like 1973, and some dude was like topping the girl, and a ball touched his balls. Like that's how gay. What he are you is. trying to give Elliot a I, semi? I'm just <laughs> saying. I'm just saying that he's probably. It's happened, and he doesn't even want to admit it. He's just yeah. chill. He's Billy D. Williams, Maybe. guys. Let him be cool. There is something interesting too to thinking about the idea of like people in the 60s with like free love and be and like. You know the the free love movement and hippies and all that all that sort of you know that sexual freedom. That didn't mean having same sex though. I know, but right. the idea of like this this sort of free love movement. <clears throat> so to think about that happening, and if we're going by the Creed quote, the idea of somebody <laughs> just sort of like accidentally doing something gay or whatever or queer. And then that generation becomes baby boomers, and baby boomers are continually continually like patriarchal and yeah. heteronormative. I'm like, how do you go sure. from or like hippie orgies to like yeah you baby know. boomers let us down I, in but a I lot don't of think ways. orgies <laughs> orgies they ever were like you know having queer sex yeah. you know like they still were very patriarchal even though they were high as fuck and <laughs> doing weird shit wait how are or- orgies are patriarchal because <laughs> because they they're, were they're... because only the women were able to be queer uh-huh. and in that sense no I'm serious and I know I know it's that, just making if, me laugh if, if men aren't able to have sex with other men mm-hmm. then it is fundamentally a very patriarchal structure of mm-hmm. how sex is undertaken it's very, yeah, it's very hetero men, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah hetero but what if the men so, so hypothetically speaking what if the men in the orgy don't don't want to have <laughs> sex with other men that's fine yeah. but what I'm saying is that Societally, they it was patriarchal based on patriarchal norms because they weren't socially allowed to sexually experiment in a public sense with men like women in those orgies would have been. Unless they did and just kept it a secret. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was then done in shame, yeah. which then also speaks to the patriarchy. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Fascinating. Thank Brent you. Brent wants to get a time machine to just <laughs> <laughs> interview the Brent orgy was, goers. Yeah, <laughs> Not even joking. She did write that book about. I know sex. she wrote like a book about like but that was all sex about and orgasming or whatever. Yeah. But then, yeah. in, but then at least on this special I saw her on, she's like, "Tea, please," you know, like so proper. Sure. And it was like, "What are you?" There's a video. There's that interview of her talking shit about the girls in Sex and the City. That British interview. And I just uh, I, wa- I literally watch it probably four or five times I a year. Lo- I love it. It's oh, so really? good. Yeah. I don't think I've seen she's it. Just like, she literally just sits I love there. It. She's just like, I mean, we're actors. We're professionals. Oh, We're, not so We're not friends. We're not friends. We're not friends. 
I, well, we there just, is an obsession. Let me just add that we're. Oh. I just want to say we just started with Nori Reed, uh, who's oh. a new comedian. <laughs> no, we no, I want to pick up here because it's a oh, fun. We, we on bitch. We're, we're talking about uh, the actress Kim Cattrall, oh, yeah. who Nori has Nori has met in the art world. <laughs> and Alan, you were saying Nori is a close personal friend of Kim Cattrall. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, uh, like, yes. We yeah. stand, like we stand. We stand. You like Sarah Jessica? Just like Sarah Jessica. Kim has all of her Gap clothes. No, they Kim Cattrall was doing this British interview. I just we love Nori and I were bonding over how much we love the video of Kim saying it. how much I we're just actors we're friends we're professionals we're not friends yeah. we're not close I'm sorry to burst the bubble but we're just not close yeah yeah I, there's yeah. this weird obsession like and I I do it too you get wrapped up when you when you like a show you're like they're all they're all friends right they yeah. all hang out and that's one of the things I hate the most is when <clears throat> someone will win an Oscar. And they get on stage, and of course they're sobbing or whatever. They're they're thanking their agents. Like anyone in the world knows their agents. Right. It means yeah. anything to anyone. And they always they always look at their co-star and they're like, "Megan, you are my heart." <laughs> and it, it literally, I, I'm not saying this is the case with every movie, but sometimes you're like, "I bet they only hung out for like four weeks." <laughs> right. Most movies are shot yeah. really quickly or quicker than you think. Wait, yeah. Nori. So since yeah. you are Nori, have you won an Oscar? Yeah, yeah I have several. <laughs> since I'm an EGOT. Who did you think? A close yeah. personal friend of Kim Cattrall. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us <laughs> so what her energy was like. Mm. She was is like she was reserved but very polite. Okay. Mm. Um, I like I was saying earlier, she's an actor. Yeah, she really she's is. She's old world. Yes. Right. She's an actor, and what I love about the feud with um, Sarah Jessica uh-huh. is that I love that Sarah Jessica Parker had this narrative, yeah. like this mainstream narrative that yes. serves the show, served because she was trying to sell the movie. Because yes. other shows did. Yeah. That as well. I mean, the Friends cast famously are incredibly close. Yeah. So and I mean, it, it's a Hollywood thing. To Sarah have that was happen. so invested in this narrative to sell yeah. the film. What yes. was the narrative? The narrative was that they're, they're, they're all best friends. They're all best friends. Guys. Best yeah, yeah, friends. Yeah. And she had gotten uh, the the <clears throat> who's the actress that plays Charlotte? Oh, uh, uh, Kristen, Kristen Davis. Thank you so much. Yeah. She had gotten everyone on this bandwagon, and I love how rebellious Kim Cattrall was to yeah. be like no so we're yeah. not friends yeah. we're not fr- it was, even, in even fact when, we don't yeah. even get along I think you know she made yeah. it pretty clear that they don't get along even when Cynthia Nixon was running for governor yeah governor of New York and governor and Kim Cattrall was like I mean I wish her well ah! <laughs> it's just like so funny to me oh yeah. my god it's just like you're okay sure like Kim Cattrall is fairly progressive she's very liberal she's very open about being sort of a new movement healer sort mm-hmm. of like she's looking for her ancestors like she's she's open whatever yes, sure. but she couldn't just be like I'm just really proud that a progressive woman is running for new like You're right it, it, what? she's fine I wish her well I, I mean it's well. it's interesting yeah. because you you can't help but wonder does that mean they have some crazy backstory that makes her secretly hate her cast members or is she is she just the kind of person that refuses to be deferential if she doesn't feel I think entirely she on of herself you know what i mean yeah. i think i mean and correct me she, if i'm wrong nori because you texted her last night yes. like <laughs> you were texting <laughs> but i mean in this like saga she really she did kind of allude yeah. to um not having a good working relationship with sarah jessica mm, parker that yeah. she, she didn't think she was professional she thought that on set it was like the Sarah Jessica Parker show. Sure. And she it, didn't want a part of it. It was. It was. Right? It, it was. was. It was. Right. It was. <laughs> She's like, I'm an actor, honey. I'm an uh, actor. Mm-hmm. But I'm not that here said, for this. the memes and everything that if you really think of the cast members of Sex and the City, and Samantha is the one that stands out because she is sort of the hypersexual. She's a she's a caricature. She's yeah. I mean she's mm-hmm. she's the Blanche Devereaux. Yeah, she's the one that really steals the attention. And yes. and so there's she does have some merit to being like, I gave you that show. Like, sure, Sarah Jessica Parker, you did a great job, but you wouldn't have that show if it weren't for these crazy characters around you. Yeah, mm, you maybe. Know? I still think I still think it was a heavily Sarah Jessica heavy show, and it, yeah. she was the most charming. Yeah, but charming doesn't Ooh. make a comedy. Yeah, you know, you it's have... the on it's on the ensemble. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, Nori, you're new to L.A. I'm so new. You're, you're so from Oakland, new. right? Yes. Yeah. I'm from Kentucky. No, you're from you're Kentucky. From Kentucky. Oh, which right. I, Christian County, Kentucky. Call. Christian County. Christian wow. County, I didn't, Kentucky. I didn't Wikipedia that. Where is that in like in relation to Lexington? Um, it, it It's it's in hell. It's yeah, like, right. It's oh, the one no. place so it's like super right rural, right? It's so rural. It was oh. like 2,000 people in wow. the whole 2, county. Like, in the, like not just the town, but like in the whole county. It was like, yeah, very small. 
small, what very progressive, so very progressive. <laughs> yeah. What was that like? It was like what did um, you do on Tuesdays? Horse. I rode horses for real. Like oh, and picked oh, wow. blackberries. Huh. This is the type of life. You picked blackberries. What do you mean you picked blackberries <laughs> they, on bushes? Did. Were yeah, they blackberries on... grow on bushes. They're on bushes. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd I love get off the horse and I'd pick some blackberries. I love wow. blackberries. Wow. And so does Elliot, by the way. I do. I love blackberries. Blackberries give him diarrhea. So okay. I, like I mean, to... we didn't have <laughs> to go there, but yeah. they're very fibrous. So the blackberries yeah. are just growing randomly, and they're you just growing in a prickly bush. Did anyone ever yell at you and being like, "Those are my blackberries"? Um, no, I, w- I would pick them on a friend's farm. This is real. I mean, this is I believe, so I believe it. Yeah. Totally. So weird to talk about this, but it yeah, it was such a, with the Bible Belt. Yeah. Yeah. Like, very small town, conservative. And, yeah, was it, was it, what was it like growing, growing up there in a conservative area? I mean, everybody yeah. who's queer has some, you know, story to right. tell whether or not it's positive or negative, but what was it like for Everyone you? Yeah. Story. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom is Korean, my dad is white, and he is ex-military, so there's an army base, mm. and that's kind of yeah. what creates that melting pot yeah. of mm-hmm. Korean people and uh, white people. I'm like, what are they called? I was like, I, I was like, like um, what are those? What beige, are they called? Something? They come from Caucasia. Caucasia. I, did, I didn't yes. want to be presumptive, uh, <laughs> but I was like, I, I would guess that you're you are Asian. Yeah. And I'm like, how did you end up in Kentucky? Yes. <laughs> yeah. People ask that all the time. Yeah. And it's that army base. That's yeah. really what it is. Fort Campbell. Mm-hmm. And my parents, um, when they got married. They literally had two choices. They could move to this place called Clarksville in Tennessee, mm-hmm. which was cool and happening and populated yeah. and diverse. Had or an they could back. move mm-hmm. to Christian County, <laughs> oh, which wow. was terrible and dark and awful. Why did they choose <laughs> Christian County? Because they're stupid. Yeah. My, my parents are not. I don't think that they were very smart. They're not the smartest that people. That is so funny. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I have to say, we had Patty Harrison on the podcast, too. Ugh, and I love her. And she very astutely was like, my mom is, I think she said, like, my mom is very nice and very dumb. Oh, I think so she's dumb. dumb. And we were like, yeah. oh, my God. Wait, well, my mom so is so smart in so many specific ways. Sure, yeah. And yeah, so sure. dumb in so many specific ways. Uh, yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, because the catalyst to probably, mo- was your father in the military? Yes. Yeah, so the catalyst to probably move there was probably more your father. I know, but my mom, uh, listen, weird person. She she truly wanted to live in that rural yeah. place, yeah. which wow. is so weird, right? It is weird. Yeah. Because in Clarksville, there was like a Korean community. Oh, my oh, God. Wow. She kind of was <gasps> like over it. <clears throat> wow. She kind of was over it a little bit. Wow. Huh. Like there's this Korean church there, and I remember she was just like, I don't want to, I don't, maybe she's like, I don't want to be Korean anymore. I don't is know she, what it was. She was like, I'm over it. Is she That's Korean why? American or is she immigrant? Uh, an immigrant. She okay. moved here when she was uh, 23. And Hollywood is what kind of inspired her to move, which is so funny. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. isn't that so weird? And oh then she went God. to Missouri. Yeah, that's where I'm from. Mm. Really? Yeah. And she was like, this is not what yeah, I saw. Not what a lot I of people on, that, on the, on the big screen. <laughs> on the silver yeah. screen. Yeah. She thought everyone looked like James Dean. She oh, thought wow. everyone had a swimming oh. pool. Wow. Wait, so I, she liked Missouri. Smartest. She didn't, no, she like, didn't Missouri, like Missouri, but then she was like, "Let's let's go deeper into the backwoods in yeah. Kentucky." Well, she she met she met um her first husband who right. was um also military, right. and then moved to Fort Campbell oh, and just wow. to get so, out of Missouri. I am, I am fascinated by choices. Sort of we all make choices. <laughs> yeah. Korean yeah. Americans or Korean immigrants, especially post you know, the Korean War and sort of that whole trajectory of immigration and the stories that come from it because you have people who, yes, were fleeing war, but then you also had people who they saw American movies because of the American soldiers in the 1950s yeah. with, during the Korean War and they wanted to move to the United States because yes. of the films they saw and mm-hmm. the, and the yeah. Americans that they were living over there and oftentimes raping and doing horrible things to okay. people in Korea. But Let's get into it. Yeah, but, yeah. but still, like it, it inspired this whole wave of immigration, Absolutely. which is why in Koreatown here in Los Angeles, it became, it's like the largest community of Koreans in the United States. And yeah. it, it was a large, they came out of the yeah. Korean War. Well, outside of Christian County. Yes. Christian <laughs> County, that's number one. Of course. There's a really big, I was the only Asian in my whole school. Wow. Oh my God. Wait, yeah, think about that. Yeah. It was just ridiculous. And did you, were I mean, people kind? So you were student body president. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think people often, as a comedian, people ask you, like, you know, oh, like, how did you become funny or what, what makes you funny? Mm-hmm. And, trauma yeah i think when you're when you're othered like that you have to learn skills yeah and i think for me um i had to be really observant to learn how to fit into the in group 
And then I also had to deflect from how queer I was, yeah. which was being uh-huh. funny. Yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of, it, they're, they're tools, you know? When was the first yeah. time, I mean, I'm assuming it's probably was after you had left Kentucky, but when was the first time you authentically felt you were able to, in a safe way, be queer? Uh, that was kind of college. Okay. I went to a liberal arts school called Kenyon College, which oh, I know is- Kenyon. Thank, great Yeah, school. thank you. Where's that? Ohio. Ohio. It's Oberlin's sister school. Cool. It's where Lena Dunham went. Ah, uh, gotcha. The famous, you know, she's also a best friend. My yes. best, yeah. bestest, you, closest Kim friend. You, Kim, dropped you off, actually. Oh, she's outside. Yeah, she's she's right waiting there. for you. She's right there with her yeah. dog. Yeah. Um, we had her on the podcast, we, and she did she bring brought her dog. Her dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My God. I feel like I was just shady for no reason. I don't even know why. No, you weren't shady at all. Anyways. No. The, yeah, I don't even know what I was talking about. Yeah. I'm just so distracted by she's that. She's living in Europe. She's fine. She's great. Yeah. She's doing really yeah, well. She, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, college was almost there, right? Yeah. Because it was that small school. Yeah. So I felt like I could be queer. But the queerness that was at that school was very binary. So it was like gay, or st- lesbian, yeah. Mm-hmm. But there really weren't, there were no trans people. Mm. There were no gender fluid people. Uh, no, it, no, it was very binary and it was very like fratty. Yeah. So things were still controlled by this straight kind of system. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So even if you were gay, you're still pretty normative, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I moved to New York after I graduated. I think that was my first education of. I worked at Callan Lord. Oh yeah, right? oh, yeah, I love yeah. yeah. I, I oh, went to yeah. Callan Lord right? so much. That's I where Brent and I would <laughs> go get HIV tests, text each other, pa- each re- respectively passing out. <laughs> yes, right. fear. Oh. We're very squeamish with the blood. Very yes. much so. Bitches. I've given all of you pep. Yeah, yeah. I, feel, I feel like probably. <laughs> no, that, that place is incredible. Absolutely, yeah, they do such amazing work. And V. Arthur donated. That's to right. Them. Oh no, the, the homeless shelter. Oh. The homeless shelter. Yeah. Not not Callan Lord. Not Callan Lord. Oh, I confuse Callan Lord with that a lot. You son of I'm bit. sure they have the same clients. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> anyway, what did you, did you like cool. working there? I loved working there, and yeah. I was an HIV tester, and I saw people <gasps> in crisis, but I loved it. Like, well, I don't yeah. know if that makes me a, like a no, sociopath. No, I've thought that. I I'm sorry. It. I've thought that many times that I think it would be such an interesting job to work with people. You know, obviously, you're giving a lot of good news. And then you're, but you're also, you know, yeah. in a, you're a counselor in a yeah, time when yeah. you're giving someone news that they don't want to hear. Yeah. And, uh, but I think it would be really interesting what to do that were job. You there? God, I was in New York. Um, I graduated in 2010. So I was at Cullen Lord, I think, 2012. Oh, you had started just when I left then. Because I, yeah. I, I, I used to work for Gay Men's Health Crisis oh, and yes. AIDS Walk New York. Well, someone's bragging that. Yeah. And so, like, there was we're a lot all of crossover. Yeah. All of us. <laughs> no, are very these two, good these two are yeah, I, don't, I haven't oh, said yeah, anything they don't know about myself. We care. Yeah. Does that make you feel, does that? Does that bring out the empath in you, or do you feel do you feel naturally empathic as yes, a person? Yeah, I think. But sometimes empathy can be toxic, right? Yeah, yeah. sure. I, I think that I was kind of um, very empathetic, but maybe bad with boundaries a little bit, mm, and yeah, I've, yeah. I've had to learn boundaries a, a lot. But I did love it, and what was so good about Callan Lord is I started meeting people mm-hmm. who were not just gay, lesbian, yep. trans people, mm-hmm. yeah. bi- non-binary people, mm-hmm. and then I started seeing mirrors for myself. Like, wait a second. I'm not just a gay man. I'm not. That's. It's, I'm not there yet. Right. Like that. Mm-hmm. That's not where it stops. Yeah. It goes somewhere else. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Um. And then you. And you. Then did you? How did you enter into the art world from there? That was first. Oh, interesting. So I studied art in college, mm-hmm. moved to New York, got an internship at Gagosian, worked there for a while, and it was so, just psychotic. Yeah. I mean, truly psychotic. I mean, like that. Yeah. Job was just Yeah. I was I was uh threatened to be fired like every day. Like oh every day someone would be like yeah. you're going to oh. get fired. And I was like, "Oh <laughs> working, my god." Working in one, in the gallery itself? Yes. Oh god, those like, places scared the shit out of me. Would yeah. you, what 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 would warrant that? Like was it was it because uh, the there temperature wa- wasn't right? The <laughs> right. dishwasher wasn't loaded. It was like yeah. it was truly just craziness. Crazy. Yeah. Is that yeah. because you're working for artists? Uh, well, uh, less the artists and more the art dealer. I think. Hmm. I yeah. It's like it's a contemporary art gallery, and that world is so unregulated. Mm-hmm. There's right. no like when when we talk about the Me Too movement, we talk about pay yeah. up. The art world has no rules. Mm-hmm. They can yeah. treat you however they want to treat you, mm-hmm. and it's usually. <clears throat> kind of like like shit yeah yeah and the pay's not even good there's no pay <laughs> and it's, 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 it's yeah. usually like people fresh out of college or students yes. who are working in these galleries who 
they take it because they love art. They love art. They yeah. love it. And yeah. how do you get the easiest access to everything in art? Is yeah. by taking these shitty assholes. I'm gonna, who... I'm gonna ask for a peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Oh. When oh. I go into a, a gallery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Let's it's do it. It's so quiet, right? Yes. There's no music playing. Hear a pin drop. Hear a pin drop. You you want to dance? <laughs> no. It's like there's one person working there. Uh-huh. Yes. With a, at a computer usually. Mm-hmm. I, what is going on? Like, what are they doing? How do people make money? I, I'm just so curious. Yeah. If, it's so, so, if it's quiet and I'm the only one in there, I wonder where's the capital? What is this? Yeah. So number one, they're terrified. Right. They're so scared. The person at the front desk is so scared yeah. because at any moment their boss, their the sales director can come in and just fucking rip them a new asshole. Right. So yeah. they're terrified. Yeah. Second of all, at Gagosian, I had to memorize an Excel sheet of faces. So oh my if, God. Any mo- if at any moment one of those people came in, no it is way. like, it's and who like, are oh, these people? Are they just like they're, buyers? They're the uh, the 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 direct the uh, owner of Gucci. They are oh, this yeah. rich person, that famous person, that art director, that museum director. So it is some people you probably would recognize. Yes, but yeah. also just like very VIP, yeah. very important clients. Wow. And so if if one of How you, many people on this list? Sorry. Uh it was extensive. Yeah. Incredibly extensive. And basically what you're ex- experiencing is that I look at you and I go, "Oh, who cares? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Who the fuck cares? Right. Wow. Like you're, you know, whatever, whatever. And then I look back at my computer and I have that bitchy face oh, and I wow. don't care. Person. Was your financial situation that, that you were dependent on that job, that that job? Or was it like, could it be a blessing that it was like, bye, I don't care anymore? What we did was, I, and ultimately I was fired. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, did you get fired? I yeah. I was fired and it was so dramatic. Well, that sucks. Well, you yeah. know what? Yeah. You showed them yeah. because, what was it? You went Paula to Callan Lord. Amy Poehler and Paula Pell found <laughs> yeah. your shit on YouTube yeah. and was like, this person's funny. Yeah. And you had moved to San Francisco. I just fast forwarded your life a few years. Yeah, there. that's a few things that <laughs> right, happened. Right, because you, you opened for, for Amy in I San did, Francisco Sketchfest. I Fest. did. Yeah. How long um, were you living a, a there? Cluster at that Fest. Point? Oh, sorry, Cluster yeah, Fest. Yeah, yeah. And you'd been living in SF for a while? I had been there. I, I lived in SF for six years. Uh huh. And I've been doing comedy for three years. Oh, cool. Mm. Yeah, three years. Yeah. And what was it like? Moving to San Francisco, coming from New York, which yeah. is, I mean, it's they're similar because they're urban, but they're also so vastly different. Sure. So, so where I was as a person was I was in nonprofit. I was doing this work. I was burnt out, right? Yeah. Bad boundaries. Yeah. Kind of back yeah. to that. Yeah. Right? Sure. Yeah. Burnt out, super depressed. And I went to Oakland on a trip and was just like, I got to live here. Mm. Like, so diverse, yeah. so warm. Hello, it was winter. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, this is so warm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And <laughs> it's I was tropical. It was so, I was just sold. I, something inside of me was like, you got to move here. Yeah. Mm. And so I went to grad school. I dropped out. I, I had <laughs> yeah. to have, I'm Asian, so I had to have, have like a reason right. to go. Yeah. Right, of course. Yeah. I couldn't just let myself go. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so I went for, to be a therapist. Uh-huh. Went um, to therapy school for a semester, so I'm, so I'm a licensed... I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. right. I, I'm a licensed <laughs> drop. I yeah, I'm say. a licensed one semester. I would go to therapy. I, <laughs> yeah, you I seem, would, would be very you. A, Thank a great you therapist. So much. Yeah. Thank you. I, I went for one semester, dropped out, and just lived there. But um, yeah, I just wanted to live in Oakland. Yeah. Oakland to me was just like utopia. And what was, <laughs> I mean, I have a lot, I have a friend who she moved from Israel to San Francisco for her transition and she but primarily because she found in San Francisco that there was this the energy of yeah. allowing of sort of the fluidity of life and like letting it come to you and, I, and growing yeah. into that I call it trans affirming weather yeah it's just very <laughs> like your makeup it's gonna be good yeah. it's not gonna yeah, yeah. You oh know? My God. it's not like LA it's not gonna yeah. drip it's off it's a little right. over like it's, it's, yeah. a, it's, sh- it's over cloudy was that what I'm over overcast, overcast. overcast. Yeah. overcast. it's over cloudy yes. it's overcast so the lighting is good it's for makeup lighting. angles yeah I good think, lighting I think uh, San Francisco the way it's been described to me is my absolute ideal weather which is I think it is dreary yeah. and yeah. cloudy but never that cold never really yeah. actually cold except for yeah. in the summertime yeah <laughs> you just have to be very conscious yeah. about uh, layering and yeah. I'm, I'm like i said my parents are very dumb i'm also very dumb <laughs> sure. and so i'm not good at layering <laughs> I, I don't i don't think about it yeah. when i'm out going out the door i'm not thinking five steps ahead yeah. right sure. I will say, i've never been more cold than i was in july in san francisco it's true it, yeah freezing yeah because yeah. It, just like in la Everything is everything in LA is always air conditioned. Mm-hmm. So even in the winter not when always, it's like Brent, yeah. not always. But even in the winter when it's like 65 
which is, you know, pretty cool. And you go into like a Starbucks or the grocery store and they're still blasting the AC. Oh, it's, it's not like, like you that get no in San respite. Francisco. I'm talking about actually outdoors. It's freezing. Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The weather is. But no, what was yeah, like, whatever. what was it like moving as a queer person to San Francisco and sort of finding yeah. yourself and your voice in a lot of ways. You started comedy there, right? Absolutely. And for me, San Francisco and Oakland are so different, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like people kind of just use the use them to say the same thing, which is the Bay Area. But they're not two... Alan's boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, I was offended no. by that too. Thank you, Nori. <laughs> Wait, what yeah. do you do? I don't even remember this. Um, uh, sorry, Alan's boyfriend Michael is like Oakland is not San Francisco. It's not. Yeah. And and obviously because of tech culture and gentrification, it's starting to become San Francisco, which is devastating. Mm -hmm. I moved there right at the end of the, like, you can go find a cheap place, be an artist. Mm. I moved there right at the end. Mm. And then it changed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it's my fault. <laughs> you, did you I do? Did yeah. I do that? You <laughs> did it. Oh my god! Wait, did you watch Looking while it was on? Of course. What did you think? Um. Well, hot. <laughs> I you thought it was hot. I enjoyed the sex and the stuff like that. The acting. Uh, yeah. 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 You know. Hey. It's okay. Looking from HBO. Yeah. 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 What, 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 how'd you tie that? It took into... place in San Francisco. Oh, okay. yeah. And it was sort not of... Oakland. <laughs> right. Yeah. But they would make, I remember like, I watched the first season and a half, I guess. Yeah. And they, made, there was a lot of references to Oakland and the separation between San Francisco and Oakland yes. that I didn't fully understand. San Francisco was unaffordable for a while. Yeah. Like for a while it was just like, you know, but Oakland was this, you can still it's Sort of like yeah. Manhattan live. and Brooklyn. Exactly. Yeah. You can still live. And it changed and it started feeling toxic. I feel like mm. as a artist, as someone who has a passion that's not always financially mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't sure. know why, why am I talking yeah. in such coded ways I'm poor yeah, right. <laughs> well, I'm so poor what am I, I'm like being so coded about it I'm so poor and you could be poor in Oakland yeah. and but now you, you found can't. you found this, uh, the Peacock Rebellion which is what yeah. helped you get into comedy yes can you explain I mean just reading about only, it, it looks so interesting. okay this is the perfect example of what Oakland is okay only in Oakland could this happen yes it was a program that taught trans women of color how to do comedy. Amazing. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oakland, do Amazing. you want to get? Yeah. So, how funny is that? Yeah. I love that. Amazing. Not even like white trans women. It was like trans comedy? women of color. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's always been inside of me, but I they invited me to join the, the cohort. Mm-hmm. And uh, they for three months, they teach like workshops on setups and punchlines and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. help you get a set together yeah. and then you perform for 600 people oh my that god that was my first my wow. first performance was 600 and what people. was that first performance That's terrifying like? it was it was great mm-hmm. i loved it That's and amazing i remember doing the sound check the sound guy was like losing it like mm-hmm. i was doing my set and he was just like he couldn't like keep it together that's a good feeling mm-hmm. and that was like i was like oh no this is good like, yeah. this is yeah, good, yeah. It's good. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and now we're married i'm just kidding yeah, right. <laughs> I wish. he was hot he yep, was so right. hot well now you're you're living here in los angeles yeah what is that i mean what how does that compare to oakland well i you were talking about this earlier but i opened for Amy polar yeah. at cluster fest and that's kind of what exploded everything um, that she found me on YouTube, which is so funny. Amazing. She loves YouTube. She does. As you know, I mean, as your She's sister, a YouTuber, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like you know, Broad City and stuff. Like the, she just loves YouTube, and uh, she invited me to open for her, and that crowd was eight thousand people. Wow, wow, eight thousand wow. people. Yeah. on the Bill Graham uh, main stage. It's mm, intense. Which I don't even know if a trans woman has been on that stage. Yeah, like it. It was. Yeah. Kind of iconic. Yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. You can say it. Yeah. You can say it. It was a moment. Groundbreaking. I, I got us. I'm, I'm a pioneer. Yeah, you are. I don't know. You're basically Is that okay? the Oprah of trans people. Now. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'm, yeah. I'm Oprah. Yeah, you're Oprah. I'm, I am Oprah. Wait, that's so... F- I am Oprah. We love bread. I love bread. I love um, bread. But basically, it was amazing. And it yeah. was a moment. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was just like fire and just I got all these emails and I was so overwhelmed. Mm. Like I could not. I was just a normal. You know, I was just yeah, like, this is sure. too much. Yeah, it mm-hmm. feels crazy. So I reached out to a guy I went on a Tinder date with years ago who's in the industry and he's great. Um, and I was like, I need help because I knew that he ma- he managed like Jack Black. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
it's random. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I was like, I need, and he hooked Jack me up. Nice though. So nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he and he, we became we were we stayed friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'll hook you up. Like I'll hook up with this manager. And then I got management, and then it was, and then they're like, move. Yeah. You have great. to move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. I asked and if I could stay in Oakland, by the way, and they said no. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. can I stay there and just, you know, like come for auditions? There are some, there are some no. people who try to do that. Brent and I saw years ago, I don't know if you're familiar with Marga Gomez. Mm. Love. Yeah. Yeah. And she, I think she still lives there. Yeah. But I would see her in New York every now and then. She put on ins- an insane show. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. hard, though. I, I, I talk about this a lot where, like, I mean, I like living in LA. It's great and everything. But, like, you know, I love Chicago. I went to school in Chicago. Yeah. Like Chicago, the life in Chicago is great. Like I loved Chicago, but I can't live there because there's nothing professionally there. Yeah. For yeah. me, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, which just and I love DC too, but I can't uh, live there. I love DC. It's like there are so many cities that I like. I what feel... do you? I'm sorry. Pause. You yeah. love DC? Yeah. I do. Can I you tell DC. me about that? Well, I mean, I I, like I used to work in politics. They both so love DC. I, yeah. There's that element to it, but I also am obsessed with like museums and like mm. memorial. Like I yeah. love the culture. I like the architecture. I like yeah. the culture of the city. There also this feels like a, there's always a ability. There's always an excitement over learning, which I love. Mm. Yeah, mm. you know what I mean. Yeah, like I love being able to like, oh, I can go hear someone talk and learn something now. Yeah, like it gets me off. There's something about like <laughs> there's something about like the how sh- the, the they have brownstones, but they're not as nice as you find in New yeah. York. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. Like there's something mm. kind of cool about like it's not as. It's not as kind of like um, fancy and pristine as like Brooklyn or New York, but it still has like that city vibe that yeah. I always like really craved yeah. as a kid. And I mean, but I, LA is 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 great. I love LA, but yeah. it's like it doesn't ever feel like home. home. Yeah, yeah. Does yeah. for me. Does until you get to until yeah. you get to a point of success, I think where you can legitimately be successful. Robin Williams had this. He he, he became really, really famous, of course, and he was able then to who's, live... Who's that? Robin Williams. <laughs> yeah. He, be, he was so able dumb. to, he was able to then move to San Francisco and right, raise his family right. in San Francisco and live there, but you have to get Jeff to that Jeff Daniels point. lives in fucking... Jeff Daniels lives in Chelsea, Michigan. Michigan, right. Yeah. in Michigan, right? Um, sorry, I want to also, before you go, you have also... Uh, Done something which I think is really funny. You you post grinder conversations <laughs> oh, on yeah. Instagram, yeah, and I they're do. so funny and I they're do. so insightful because I don't know what it's like to do to do grinder through the eyes of a trans person, yeah. and it's just fascinating. And obviously, your the wit you have on it is killer. <laughs> what yeah. kind of reactions? Like what? I mean, people can see on your Instagram, but like, yeah. what is it like? Yeah, I mean, it's. First of all, if you didn't know, Grinders is for trans women. Absolutely. Which is, I think that shocks some people. People don't know that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, for a lot of straight men who are attracted to trans women, they don't know where to go. Correct. Because it's, they're so s- truly stupid and they don't know <laughs> what me. anything is. Right. I feel like people who are listening to this podcast, I just think, I'm just, I think everyone's stupid. <laughs> everyone's I'm, I'm not really selling myself very no, well. No, you're doing just fine. Anyways, but, but for real this time, straight men are so stupid. Yes. Uh, like this yeah. is a real thing. <laughs> that's true. And they don't know where to go. And so basically for them, they're like, oh, grinder, like that's the like subversive yeah. sex place. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Sure. And so they go on there and they, to find trans women and in their profiles I don't know if you've seen but it usually says no men please mm-hmm. I'm here for trans women sure. thank you like mm-hmm. it's yeah. always they there. don't usually say thank you but yeah yeah right, oh, right, it's right. never <laughs> that polite is it <laughs> they say, Fuck never you. never <laughs> and Grinder for me is a place of just kind of like validation of just like men reach out they think I'm hot mm-hmm. it's nice yeah. yeah I very rarely ever meet men uh-huh. because it's just kind of scary I, yeah. I'm a I'm, I'm kind of a Demisexual, which is so gross yeah. to say out loud, but what's that mean? It just means you're attracted to people you develop like genuine, intimate connections yeah. with. Wait, why mm. is that embarrassing? Because it sounds so like, like you know how people, people are like, I'm a sapiosexual, <laughs> oh, and you're like, <laughs> right. oh my god, like no, shut I, up. I, I, I think I think that's a I think that's a great thing. I, I find um, grinder terrifying. It's so scary. I think everyone wants yeah. to murder me. Also, if we get yeah. very yeah. cautious, I, I think having like there. conversations like that where you there are different types of sexuality. It's like there is a binary sort of sense of sex is just this. It is just penetration. And that is the only type of sexual <laughs> gratification that you can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so not true. Yeah. But yet we don't talk about it because 
it always just has to be penetration. Yeah. 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 I love intimacy. I love um, getting to know someone, having a, a wit, chemistry, that kind of thing. Yeah. And for a lot of men who are on Grindr, obviously, they're, they want sex. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I've actually met a couple guys who I've dated from Grindr. Yeah, yeah. Like for sure. We've, oh, for we've sure. had actual relationships. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, people are there for, for sex. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's just kind of a place of validation and kind yeah. of I started getting all these messages that are just so insane. I oh, mean, no. yeah. they're just crazy. And instead of like internalizing that, I was like, I'm just going to like make something funny. Yeah. From yeah. It. It is yeah. Fun. They're really right? funny. I, wanted to, I wanted to transform these like negative feelings uh-huh. and just kind of make it something that everyone can enjoy. It's great. Yeah. I'm yeah. so glad you do it because it's, <laughs> I mean, it's a POV that I don't have. Yeah. And uh, it's really fun to see. I also need people to understand um, how hot, how much people want to fuck me. Yes. I, I need everyone <laughs> to know that hot Elliot's men- has got a boner. I want people to understand that the hottest men possible <laughs> yeah. want to have sex with me. And I need them to know that. You know what it's I mean? Important. For, it's an important justice. message. Yes, yeah. for justice. For justice. Oh my God. Well, thank you for being here. Of Where course. can people follow you on Instagram to see those posts? Well, my Instagram is just my name, Nori Reed. And yeah. Twitter and same. Twitter's weird. Yeah, Twitter's yeah. weird. I like Instagram. Instagram is <laughs> Thank fine. You, Thanks, Nori. Thank you. And another thing. Uh, so I thought it'd be kind of interesting to have a discussion about gay athletes. Sports. <laughs> sports. 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 <laughs> Batter up, baby. Because, you know, it, it's interesting. Who's the I, pitcher? Who's the hitter? <laughs> <laughs> You mean catcher? I don't know what any of those terms <laughs> yeah, pitch, mean. Who's the pitcher and who's the hitter? Uh, I would. I love the idea of gay sex being referenced in pitching and hitting. Who's hitting and I'm hitting you with my dick and the. Uh, um, I know nothing about sports. Uh, so it's, this is interesting because I remember back in 2002, there were rumors of a gay Met. Right. And I remember at the time the manager Bobby Valentine uh, said that baseball was quote probably ready for a gay a gay player, which mm-hmm. was you know obviously deemed as pretty progressive at the time. Yeah. Uh, and it just it's interesting to me that baseball has something like I think it's twelve hundred professional players at any, at any given any given year. I think there's thirty teams, forty people per team. So there's twelve hundred professional baseball players yeah. at any given point in time, and we still haven't had an out. Professional big leagues baseball it is player genuinely while he's playing completely while, yes while he's playing truly yes. insane yeah that the, the visibility of queer uh, queer athletes in terms of men at least yeah. is it's 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 not there yeah it's, it's, it's wild just statistics think about well, that it's, it's really crazy not wild. if you think about the culture they come from it, it, the game itself is sophisticated and, and uh-huh. regal yeah the players. Oh, so uh, yeah. The players come from like the players are like pretty hick. I, I will also know. say that oh, in New York, definitely true. You really? don't even know what the pitcher and the catcher <laughs> is. But I would also <laughs> I would also say that like football players are also pretty hick, and uh, and you know yeah I would say football it's, players no. yeah football players like not like you see not them, NFL like, players like doing the the. The T- Tim Tebow thing, the hand <laughs> movement right. thing that he did. Just like, I turn off his like, mic. That is like what? That is the definition of trash to me. Yeah, I mean, needless to say, any any I think any professional sports league is going to have lots of trashy people. But I, sure. I I would say that the I've I've heard this articulated before that baseball kind of pulls from like I want to really see numbers r- articulate okay. those right, numbers. Cool. I'll articulate those. The rumor was later. that it was Roberto Alomar. Yeah. Um, but then two women accused him subsequently of giving him. Giving exposing, them exposure to HIV, exposing them, mm-hmm. them to um, HIV. I remember growing up in New York that everybody would say Mike Mike Piazza, Mike Piazza. <laughs> which was great, really lovely to to grow up around. Is but, he a um, baseball player? He's a baseball player. He was on the Mets, and uh, I think the Mets. But um, yeah, it was yeah, it was he's on the Mets, and it was such a strain. As as you know, someone who was closeted, I was like. I don't particularly care, but I'm. I couldn't figure out why people pointed the finger at him. Mm-hmm. Who's the um the the rest not the wrestler but the boxer Oscar? Oh my God, Oscar, Oscar de, de la Hoya. Hoya. And he recently there was a sex tape that that and this is not slut shaming at all, but it did. It was interesting to me that someone in from such a masculine driven sport is sexually open to having a kink that involves lingerie. Right. And, was that real? I well, I saw some pictures online, so I'm yeah, assuming it was. I think was. that was real. But I mean, not that it, not nothing that that he did was necessarily 
quote unquote gay or gay sex or you know there was yeah. no sex having men having sex with other men but, but he was, was wearing w- women's lingerie but it was women's I think. lingerie and there was I'm some surprised Elliot hasn't seen that there yet. was some sort of like fluidity <laughs> to sort of how he sexually yeah yeah was as a male the stereotypical male sexual behavior and oh. that to me was surprising because it's like it is such a male heteronormative rough business <clears throat> that that boxing that like this person would be into that and I actually kind of liked it I thought it was awesome absolutely I think it's awesome too I it's just I'm, by I, the way, it's just crazy that that the visibility but I think is he so, even denies it he does deny it of yeah. course. See, the role of H. Allen Scott, see, if H. Allen Scott hadn't just said that, if I had said that, the role of H. Allen Scott in the podcast would have been, why does that surprise you? Well, no, why does it I don't surprise think, you? I don't, I, I, it's not surprising that there are no gay, there aren't a lot of male gay athletes that are out because it, look at the community that they're coming from. That I don't see how that's at all surprising. Well, see, this, so this is the argument that I think is... But you're thinking of numbers. You're making an argument that there's 1,200 players or whatever, so by sheer numbers, the 1 in 10, whatever, even though it's a bullshit number, <laughs> that, like, that there has to be, by statistics... 80 gay baseball players, but I don't think that works in this case because these people are hand-selected from a community of people that are also very closeted. They're coming from closeted communities where it's not okay to be out. And then on top of that, they're being paid millions of dollars to keep up the show. Right, but, but that yeah, that's, that's part and parcel to the whole argument. But what I think is interesting about sports is that there is, uh, uh, from, a, from my standpoint, there's objectivity to it, which is... If you're good at what you do. Uh, if you're good at what you do. If you can statistically hit. We if pay you. Can, you. If, if you yeah. can hit the home runs, if you can score, score the baskets and <laughs> yeah. all this other ones, shit. It's then, not about that. It's about image. But it's, but it's not about. it's not. It's, we're not talking necessarily Ken Griffey Jr. We're talking 1,200 players a year. Statistically speaking, yeah. many of them are gay. People who you don't, people who use whose names most sports fans don't even know. Somebody in there has to be. I don't know if Colin Kaeper- Kaepernick can get fired for you know taking the knee and doing a silent protest that wasn't at all disrespectful to the league. Imagine what a gay man, top of his game in football or baseball or whatever, what would happen to that person? Like I, something that was so respectful and nice. And 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 fair, he gets fired from. It doesn't get work. So like, but would he? But but would a gay guy be fired? Where like, if Colin Kaepernick can't get work. It's think... because that is because of image for sure. But that's what I'm saying is that that sports, especially with some players, it is more. Even though you have for to some, be good, yeah. yes, of course. Yeah, but for a handful. Once for the... once you take it yeah. away from just being good, just being able to hit the ball, and you become a statement. It becomes about image. Yes. And the image then reflects on the sport and then brings down but the why, team. But why aren't no, the... I, I'm not refuting that there are barriers that can terrify someone from coming out. Yeah. I'm just surprised we've made uh, so little progress since 2002, since Michael Sam. I mean, yes. there still hasn't been <clears throat> um, an openly gay professional football player, right. to my understanding. Uh, I, it just surprises me that because we are still talking about just – you know, there are people that sign contracts it and feels the like contracts cannot be evaporated. It feels like it's still like sports still exist in the 90s. Like sure. it feels yeah, yeah, like yeah. as as um, restrictive as it did then as it is now. Mm-hmm. It's wild that um, and, and not and not to downplay the image idea, because that's very real. These mm-hmm. people are, you know, heralded for their images and, and, and paid. So, you know, they're paid exquisite you know, sponsorship yeah, payments. It's right, crazy. Right. Even the lowest but, players are paid very well. Yes, but yeah. the interest, I think I think what's particularly interesting is the idea that the players that nobody knows, that people don't know about, unlike the Braves or something, or, you know, or the, the yeah, yeah. a small a small mm-hmm. team that isn't even, mm-hmm. you know, um, talked about for, you know, they have no juice that season. It's weird that there aren't <laughs> well, they, openly gay people. They don't people... come out because the same thing that happened to Billy Dee Williams from the Human Rights Campaign is going to happen to the gay athlete mm. in that the second that nobody player, yeah. that person from the bullshit team comes out, it changes Human their Rights life. Campaign makes them into a poster boy or right. girl, and that maybe is not necessarily what they want. Right. But by them living authentically, it becomes about the image, and mm. then it ruins I think in this day and age with sports, I don't know anything about sports, but I think it would ruin their career. I would hope not. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess you I heard it not. first on our, on our podcast. Gay athletes don't come out. 
Well, but you also know this. A great thing that come from this, I think, is that this is just another example of women being awesome and leading the way. In... Yeah, because they can just. I mean, the Megan Rapinoe and the WNBA Which is great players. That they're, they're, but it also. I mean, the patriarchy has a lot to do with that because women's sports aren't taken as seriously right. as male sports necessarily. But still, they're out. Many of them are out, and and it's not even a hindrance to them being why, successful. Why? Or getting... Why is that? Because of the patriarchy. But no. But but why are they more? able to be out because women are viewed as not as serious as male players mm. and so if who cares if so and so is a lesbian because it doesn't sexually it's not sexually threatening to a male audience yeah whereas a male player sexuality is sexually threatening because then there's the locker room conversation mm-hmm. or yeah that's the true children conversation or there's all these things and because of the patriarchy we view women's sexuality less than or less threatening than mm-hmm. male sexuality mm-hmm. yeah I just think it's interesting we have gay senators who have been elected in purple we have two Right? We no, have three. Senators. We have three. We have three. Who have been elected in, you know, purple states mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and as a gay governor in Colorado. And I just think it's interesting that, you know, I think a lot of people can put that aside and cast a ballot for someone who's going to represent them. Think- and I'm just surprised out of just the sheer number of professional sports players that we haven't had more. more it really it just it just speaks. It speaks volumes. Yeah. And it's it's a bummer. It just. Um, yeah, whether it's like their image will be completely ruined or, or or like you're saying, the idea is like even if they want to live authentically and just be open and not necessarily be famous for being gay, the world probably won't let them do that anymore. Yeah. It'll pro- they will probably be, you know, they'll be made Like Michael Sam like, had to yeah. become this sort of heroic figure and right. then go on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. Like that had right. to be his trajectory. And right. it's like – can't this kid, he was a kid, he really was just a young college kid picked out of college. Can't this kid just be a great player? Yeah. Like, yeah, but I mean, aren't we a part of that too then? What? Because we talk about gay, I mean, you know, every yeah, week course. we come together and we talk about important gay issues. Or think, not important, not a critically important gay issues, but yeah. we talk about innuendo. But or, I think we also have the balls to um, say, it's okay to not be excited by someone being gay. Or yeah. it's okay yeah. to not, yeah, that's very true. not have to make... Uh, me, my comedy is not about being gay. Right. And, and then right. we're a space where that's okay. Where in other spaces, we would only be known or invited because we're gay. Which which game do you think has like the most attractive athletes? <laughs> I have no idea. Think about it. Baseball, I mean, football, no, football like, basketball, baseball, basketball, Baseball's really come into its own. Well, my first baseball, boy, far and away. The guy baseball, I lost my virginity yeah. to, he he was a baseball player, and he had really big legs. So I think baseball. <laughs> the way you, you're, the way Wait, you was this the doll? The yeah. doll head guy? Yeah, yeah, oh, my God. Wow. Big, yeah. uh, wow. He That's had really cool. meaty legs, and it was just like, set on me. Do you think there, I, want, I wonder if like there's like, I wonder, I wonder if there's like gay golf porn. I'm sure there oh, is. Like, like. <laughs> Gay golfers, fucking yeah! Like, are like I don't think golfers? I've ever seen golf porn. Well, tonight you have an assignment. <laughs> <laughs> There's no locker room. That's the problem. What would your aunt say, Brent? What would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? I don't like listening to your podcast, but when I do, I have a drinking game. Every time Ellen says patriarchy, I do it. I drink. <laughs> <laughs> I hate. I would hate to be a woman listening to this podcast, listening to you. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I get my, a lot of flack. My aunt Joanne would say, "I've been to Gagosian. Not great." Mm. How about Aunt Anne? My aunt Anne, who is married to a black man, would somehow make Billy D. Williams into <laughs> yeah. her husband, and she would go, "You know." Your Uncle Ray looks a lot like Billy Dee Williams. <laughs> I don't care if he says himself or herself. Just I hope he hugs me while he does it. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. <laughs> I hope he hugs me. Star Brains Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.